Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh? Thing, uh-huh. for his newborn king, uh-huh. And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. la da 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 The grocery stores are super modern. goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 Grandma's sitting chairs and reminisce Boys keep chasing girls the cars keep on going fast all the time. Mom still cries, hey buddy, have you got a dime? And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. And the beat goes on. Yes, the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Oh, it looks like everybody showed up. Excellent. Um, well, it is Wednesday afternoon, and seems like a really good time to sit down and have a cup of joe. And for any of you who have ever had a cup of joe, you will determine pretty quickly that it's a worthwhile thing to do. Um, so, we're 
just going to get things started a little slow today. It's another warm day, the first day of August. We're now in the very center of the summer season, and uh, it's been a warm one, and it is uh, it is uh, not letting us off easy this year. Last few years, we've had pretty mild summers, but this one has uh, been fairly oppressive, and if uh, anybody is paying attention to California right now, uh, the whole state's pretty much on fire. And I want to take a moment to uh, really pay attention to that. We have some members of the Human Solution, or people that have been members anyways, um, that have lost their homes. And there's families in danger and livelihoods in danger and... Uh, these fires are devastating, and they're running rampant, and I don't know what to say. I don't know what, what really can be done. Just, uh, you know, think about rain. Visualize it. Pray for it. We could sure use it. Um, it's rough. This is Some of these fires are uh, arson-related, and in my opinion, I think one of the very most evil things that anybody could do uh, would be to set a fire that, that would run out of control like that. I, I think that there is such a disregard for life for anybody who was to think that that's, a, that's an idea worth considering. No matter how upset you might be or whatever your reason is, um, probably some mental illness involved but none of it excuses action. Action is action. Whatever we do, we do. And we're accountable for what we do, regardless of what we thought about, meant, or felt sorry for later on. If we did it, we did it. And these people are just such a darkness, a plague, that are causing fires. So hopefully um, there will be no more arson-related fires this year. Um, it's just uh, heartbreaking to see, to hear the stories to listen to the messages from people that are just trying to protect themselves, their family, their lo their loved ones, their property, whatever, and then they end up getting burnt. The most, probably in my opinion, one of the most horrible ways to go, one of the most painful uh, experiences. If anybody's ever been burnt, um, even a little burn is very painful. Imagine a big one. So just uh, let's take a moment and uh, let's think about that. Hopefully the firefighters will uh, get an upper hand. Hopefully the winds will die down, change directions. Hopefully the clouds will come up and uh, start wetting things down a little bit. That's certainly what we need. Um, all right, well, we're going to start the show. <clears throat> we are one person short today, Lisa Wooldridge is going through some health issues, and uh, she may be joining us a little bit later. Um, but for now, I am out here all by myself doing what we're doing. So please, normally one of the things that Lisa does is share the show. She also po posts the show on a number of different uh, platforms. Right now there's one feed. It's coming out of my public figure page and I am barely suited to even do this show, much less do this show and try to engage the 
social networking side of it. So I'm going to leave it in your good hands. Um, I see we got some good folks already signed on, so I'm going to do what I can to communicate with the with the folks that are on there. I see Becca is is here. We got Marty. Hello, Marty and Becca. We got Patrice. Hello, Patrice. Laura Roberts. We love Laura. Um, Tabitha Tom. Hey, Tabitha. I haven't uh, seen you in so long. I'm glad you could join the show. I I miss my NorCal folks. And we were just talking about the fires, and we really, um, our hearts go out to everybody that's up there in that in that area. I know uh, I heard that um, uh, Susan Bryant's house was, was lost, and I, I have slept in that house before. And it, it's, it's heartbreaking. I don't know what to say. The, this is just a hard time of year. Anyways, um, one of the things that is remarkable about the human solution is that we show up. Um, you know, Lisa couldn't make it here, but that didn't put the show off. Um, fires are raging, but there's still good people doing good things. Um, it's important, I think, that we realize that that's one of the things that makes the human solution um, what it is, an amazing organization, an amazing grassroots, um, volunteer-based, group of people all across the world, literally, that just care about each other, uh, that we care about a cause that's greater than ourselves, and that we're willing to step outside of our comfort zone, that we're willing to uh, reach out past our own personal needs in so many ways and so many times, and help out the people that need it, and, and rise up for a cause that's worthy. You know, think about it. The cause of liberty, the cause of freedom, justice, if there is such a thing. Um, but the idea of, of having the freedom to eat whatever we want, to drink whatever we want, to smoke whatever we want, to grow whatever plants we might decide to grow. I mean, it's not a very far-fetched concept. It's not anything that I have to date, not a single person that can um, give me good reason why this plant needs to be restricted in any way, regulated. What about the children? What about the children? Tell me where the children are at risk with this plant. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about I went and had to take a class um, to be a part of the licensed bullshit in California um, in order to participate in a licensed facility in any way, shape, or form. I had to get a certification, and in this certification, most of what was involved had nothing to do with cannabis. Um, and the person who was teaching the class was a, quote, expert. And um, you know, she came up with this one example, supposedly, that somebody up in, I think it's Northern California, recently died because of cannabis. However, it wasn't the cannabis. It was a supposedly moldy beyond recognition, and they decided to smoke it. Well, you know, if you were to go and 
drink a cup of coffee and see an island of green fuzz on it and you drank it and got sick and died, would you blame the coffee? Probably not. You know, if you bit into a brown, mushy apple that had things crawling in it and it made you sick, would you blame the apple? Probably not. So to think that we would blame the cannabis for a whole bunch of mold, probably not. Um, Cannabis is a living plant just like all the other ones, and if it's not taken care of right, it can mold just like all the other ones, and it could get you sick just like all the other ones. So to think that it needs to be regulated or considered to be more dangerous um, than any other substance on this planet still makes no sense. Um, I'm going through this whole just ridiculous process uh, with a company that I'm consulting and I'm watching all the money they're spending and all the time and all the efforts and all the hoops to jump through and every single one of them I say what the hell is this for you know I mean I can understand general OSHA safety guidelines for a workplace hey hey that actually makes sense but that's you know 12 out of 23 pages of, of line items to take care of what this does, and let me be very clear, what legalization does is it limits the ability of anybody to participate in the commerce of cannabis to very, very, very wealthy, resourceful people. Everybody else, sorry, you don't get to do this. You won't. You won't make it. I guarantee you. There's not a single little mom-and-pop shop that's going to qualify and comply with the rigmaroles that they do. And trust me, I'm talking to these people right now. I, I feel bad for all the little people that think they're going to come in. And little people, I mean me. I mean anybody who's not, you know, corporate funded and, and, and has the team of lawyers and professionals and experts taking care of their work for them. I don't have that, and neither does most everybody I know. But this one company that I'm consulting for, they do. And they're going to get a license, and they're going to be able to manufacture what they want to and it is a ridiculous process. So for anybody who wants to pass their latest tax and regulate bill, uh, that's all I can say. I groan. All right, so let's begin the show. Um, I've got a special guest today. Tanya Sanders is supposed to be calling us, and she came on last week. And she's from the East Coast, and uh, she's got quite a story to tell. So uh, one of the reasons that this show, in my opinion, is is of value, is a resource, is that we give anybody that's affected by the drug war a voice. Um, you don't have to be famous to be on this show. You don't have to be selling or making a product to be on this show. You don't even have to be or have been in prison to come on this show. If you have an opinion, if you're affected in any way by the drug war and cannabis prohibition, then you have a voice here. I welcome you. I especially welcome people that don't agree with me. I actually look forward to one day having a debate with somebody who doesn't agree with me and can make some valid points. 
It's been about four years now, almost five years doing the show. Haven't had it happen yet. I don't know why. I do know why. My points are reasonable and valid, and I don't have a a crazy out-there point of view so much that, you know, the only way to resolve things are, are these wackadoodle ways that don't work. No. This is all about personal experience. I've been through it. Anybody who's watching this show for the first time, I fought a six-year battle with the government. I've been locked up for pot four times. I've, I've run through the grinder, come out the other side. And the reason that I came out the other side, still out here fighting and willing to, is because of a group called the Human Solution International, a group that I founded and, and have been part of the leadership team since its beginning. And it's a group that I believe very strongly is one of the most effective, useful nonprofit organizations in the world. We're not the biggest. We're not the best funded. We don't have the most members. But I tell you what, if you're an active part of this organization, you are making a difference. And I cannot say that about most of the groups I'm a member of. Pay your dues and get your card if you even get a card. Um, We're all about the end game. We're about ending prohibition. We're not about legalizing. We're not about some little tax and regulate BS bill. We're not about, I mean, even the states' rights things to me is limited. I mean, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good place to, to reach to, but why not end prohibition? We're not going to stop until we have a world where no one gets locked up for pot ever, ever, not once. So that's what we're about, civil rights, human rights, uh, liberty, freedom. Again, I say these words not lightly but often. Uh, They're important words in my vocabulary. I know what they mean, and so does the Human Solution International. So um, as we're waiting for our guest to call, I have... um, an ongoing part of this show, last week I was going to really get into it, and I never, didn't get much time. I think I got to one person. Um, the Human Solution International has been around for almost 10 years now. And this November, I believe it will be 10 years since we first incorporated. This year will be our third year as a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit. What that means is that people can participate and donate time, talent, uh, resources and receive a legitimate tax write-off for that. Most cannabis groups can't offer that because maybe they're not as legitimate. We just got certified as a California tax-exempt nonprofit, which took us a while to do. Thank you, Becca Nichols. Um, you are truly a rock star in my book. Uh, we got it done. We're completely compliant. We have our 990 form filed with the federal government. The state's happy. Everybody's happy, except for our members. Our members are not particularly happy. Why? Because cannabis prohibition still rages, and it rages especially in places that have passed, quote, legalization methods. Um, If you want to join the show, and I welcome you to join the show, this is a a two-hour show that um, either is going to have me yapping along until my voice croaks, 
or it'll have you guys join me and and participate, tell your stories and uh, share your uh, your adventures, reach out, ask for help, um, offer your help. There's so many things that you guys can do uh, to be part of the show. If you wish to call in, pick up the phone and dial 646-929-2495. We're also live streaming on my public figure page and hopefully lots of other places by now. Um, if you're watching it, please share it. Share it around. Share it Share it um, wide and share it loud. So last week we decided that, uh, well, I decided that we were going to uh, start telling the story of the human solution and why we haven't ended prohibition yet. Ten years. Ten years working on something and we haven't accomplished it yet. And we talked about last week and weeks prior, um, you know, the people that are involved with the organization are amazing. But when you're an all-volunteer organization, you you bring out a wild bunch. Um, if you don't have people being paid to work, uh, you bring out the bleeding hearts, you ble- bring out the fringe, you bring out the people that are not afraid to jump into a fight. You bring out the people that are, frankly, batshit crazy. Um, and all those things are good. But unfortunately, we also bring out the the, the loners, the, the megalomaniacs, the ego people. And unfortunately, we bring out the agent provocateurs. We bring out people that come to a group that they see operating well, and they just want to stir up some shit. Um, I'm going to talk about every single person that has had an impact on the human solution, and I'm going to do it in such a way that you won't know who they are. I'm not going to mention any names. I may not even mention places. The stories I'm about to tell cover 10 years of history, so there's a pretty good chance that you may have never even known this person I'm talking about. But there is a chance that the lesson to be learned from this is a lesson that's currently happening somewhere in your life, in our life, in our organization. And hopefully, as we're listening to these stories, um, the meat and potatoes of the story, the actual lesson, the message of the story will shine rather than uh, pointing fingers at, at, at individuals and saying, oh, they shouldn't have done this or they did that. Um, the lesson that there is to be learned, and I think that that's, hopefully, if we get enough people that gather enough lesson from this, maybe, just maybe, we'll get people that have walked away decide to step back in. Maybe we'll get people that have been disruptive decide to be I don't know, uh, supportive. Maybe we'll decide to focus and stand along arm in arm with people that we don't necessarily care to. Maybe we'll decide to rise up with one voice and decide to take that action and decide to actually end prohibition once and for all because it's important. And when we do it, we don't have to let it go again. You know, we don't have to let go. We have the power. Remember this. With public sentiment, anything is possible. I didn't make that up. 
man by the name of Abraham Lincoln did. And when I heard that, actually I saw it on the base of a statue, I uh, realized that no truer words could be said. And without public sentiment, nothing is possible. We got Craig Cecil calling in now, and let's see what he has to say. Craig Cecil is currently serving life in prison without possibility of parole for pot. So let's see what Craig has to say. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, life here in... Well, congratulations. Uh, you got us beat. It's probably about 95 out and a little muggy, but we're on fire. California is burning like a torch right now. Luckily, the flames aren't near me personally, but I know people that have lost homes and um you know, are are fleeing right now. It's a it's a brutal it's a brutal uh, situation out here on the west coast. Well, I think you're doing well in Southern California. It'll be less than a hundred degrees, and if I understand right, there's like a dozen different fires burning out there. Oh yeah, at least. I mean, there's there's seven major ones, and probably a dozen that aren't even being reported. It's um it's Cal Cal Fire has already gone through. A quarter of their budget, here it is on the first day of August for the whole year. So it's uh, fire season supposed to just be getting started, and it's, it's, uh, it's brutal right now. Well, I don't know if you heard, but I got a little good news last week. No, um, I didn't. Tell me about it. it. Well, I, I, um, a group called the Young Turks had been working with my daughter and Amy and some others, and uh, they put out a documentary last Thursday. Oh, no uh, way. I guess a week ago. <laughs> Pardon? I said, no way. I know I know the Young Turks. We've done some interviews um, in some of the cases that we've followed over the years. They've covered some of our stuff. Well, they put out a documentary that my daughter explains to me that you get to it by going to YouTube and go to Young Turks Injustice and I think my name or, you know, something along those lines. But uh, apparently it, uh, the the uh, slant of the presentation is to uh, show that these crazy sentences they give me affects much more than me. It affects, you know, my daughter. It affects, you know, it definitely affects my son, you know, and it's affected so many other people. And it apparently relies on a lot of history that she's put together from the family and, you know, things of that nature. But the reviews I'm hearing from everybody says it's really positive, so I I do like the sounds of that. Oh, that's great. I will look for that, and I will make sure that uh, I share it out there um, for others to see. Typically, um, I, my experience has been the Young Turks have done a generally a pretty good job of, uh, of reporting things without trying to uh, stick their personal opinion or their personal agenda, agenda okay, into okay, it. Okay. So um, I think that's fantastic that they took the show. I know the one thing I did have to do is, of course, I have no background in uh, TV or anything, but I was warned that they they 
the, their perspective is from a very liberal, you know, political ideology. Right. Of course, I I lean towards uh, libertarian. I want the government pretty much out of my life. Yeah, so I, I, I absolutely join you in that. And, you know, that's part of the message that I'm I'm trying to preach right now is, you know, to put our politics aside and put our religion aside and put our, uh, you know, personal grudges aside and let's just think about freedom for a little bit. And and let's just make this about freedom. Why not? You know, don't worry about who's in office. Don't worry about who you hate or who you love or any of that. Let's just, I don't know. Let's 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 free people that need to be freed and and let's give ourselves the liberty to uh, put into our bodies whatever we see fit. I agree. I agree. I want the government out of our lives, and I want us. Maybe we all need to look at each other more as individuals than, you know, as, you know, as groups or as stereotypes. (laughs) Oh, no, I absolutely, I, you know, I think about it a a lot because I get bombarded by, uh, you know, people that are politically minded. And, you know, a lot of the people that support um, the movement with giant quotes on it are very um, left wing and, I have no problem with their thoughts, you know, keep them to their thoughts. But here's a question. When was the last time that your life was made better by your government? And when was the last time your life was made worse by your government? And I pretty much bet that you could answer the second question a whole lot easier than you could answer the first question. Oh, yeah, the second question would be easier for me. It was <laughs> uh, September 26, 2003, my sentencing date. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And I could drop dozens of dates that made my life worse, at least for the time. And yet the government has, I can't think of a single time where the government made my life better. Maybe the day they dropped my case, but that wasn't, you know, taking a, not hurting you anymore really isn't making your life better. It's just not hurting you anymore. <laughs> kind of a little difference. Yes, and I, I can think of a quote from actually uh, a politician that's both from uh, my home state of Illinois and years of California is Ronald Reagan, who says the worst words you could ever hear from somebody is uh, when they come and say, I'm here from. I'm here to help. I'm from the government. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I don't want the government's help. The only exception I could say to that would be if a fire was raging and firefighters came, um, and they're they're in some way a government agency. They're not entirely a government agency, but that would be the only time I could say that I'd be glad to see the government if the firefighters were coming to keep my place from burning down. Right, I mean, they, they, they do have a job to provide a military and a police and even stoplights and stop signs and, you know, a few of those kind of things that they need to do, but they really don't need to be messing with their food, messing with, you know, what kind of medicine you want to take or medicine you want to grow. No, <laughs> and, none know, of I mean, those it, things. It, yeah, I mean, they've just involved themselves in so many things like, you know, what sex is a is a man who wears a dress? You know? <laughs> I mean that that's something they ought to just stay out of. 
Well, you know, I, if you go back to to our nation's history, and you you know, granted, we've we've we got our own problems as we've come, grown up as a nation. I'm not discounting that. There are lots of horrors and terrible things that were okay back then. But to think that those people that spilled their blood for the hope of of a government that might represent them, to think of where we've come, you know, to look at the laws on the books, not just the cannabis laws, but so many others um, that are just so ridiculous. Um, it just, I don't, I can't imagine that they would ever imagine it would have turned into something like this. And I mean, you, you can see the, what the government, what evil they were, um, idealistically trying to, you know, remedy when they, when they passed the uh, marijuana laws back in 1937. If you had enough money, you could smoke as much marijuana as you wanted. Now, now if marijuana's bad, how could that be? <laughs> well, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the same way today. If you have enough money, you can, you can pretty much skate through just about anything um, with, with very few... Uh, with very few exceptions. I don't know of any really high-profile person that's ever ended up... Uh, Tommy Chong's one of the only people I can think of that actually did federal time uh, as a result of, of uh, cannabis in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, really he's kind of a low level when it comes to the, the rich and famous and powerful. You know, he's kind of high on most people's... Uh, uh, you know, list, but really, when you're digging in the, into the the real money, I don't even think he's on the list. The the people that are sitting there with the millions and the billions, they can smoke all the pot they want and anywhere they want, and they don't have to worry about it. Whatever whatever comes their way, they just deflect it like it's nothing, and it doesn't work that way for the for the common man though out here. Right, as you know, the original law, the uh, Marijuana Tax Stamp Act of 1937, I mean, allowed people, if they paid, I think it was like $100 or $150, which was a, an incredible amount of money back in 1937. Oh, yeah. But if they paid that, they could smoke. <laughs> exactly, and that's, you no, know, that's, that's, that's how it's typically been and, until the Controlled Substances Act back in, uh, 1971, and that's when that's when everything got sideways. And then the federal government didn't care how much money you had anymore. Um, but still, I I have yet to see a case where a real high-profile fat cat, um, you know, really got hung up. Now there are some people that that had some means, you know, back. Some of the guys that have gotten out recently, you know, uh, Platt Shorn and and uh, Randy Lanier and and um, George Marzarano, um, you know, they were they were smuggling some 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 weed and they they had some money behind them, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't the same kind of thing, you know. It it, it wasn't like a a, a a captain of industry or uh, a fancy. Uh, movie star or athlete with, you know, just sort of an endless amount of money uh, happened to get caught up in whatever, a little grow or, or having some pot or, or, 
or, or any element of it. I mean, I can understand, not that I agree with it, but I can understand how the government might target people smuggling a whole bunch of it. That doesn't make it right in my mind. I'm just saying I can understand from a drug control agency why they might want to target something like that. And, and why did government get involved in the, in the first place? Why is the government getting allowed in, or involved in making all kinds of laws to regulate, you know, things for gay couples? Who cares? If, if a gay couple wants to do something, they're people like everyone else, just leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they like to control. You know, there's there's so many people now, and they're so, I mean, even though the government has gotten huge, Still, comparatively to the people, they are very small. And if the people were to wake up and even vote in the 70 or 80 percent of registered voters, um, we would have a whole different world, and they know it. And so I'm confident that, you know, the agenda is to keep the common man from either keep us busy, keep us uh, oppressed, keep us broke, um, and, and keep us struggling because then we don't have time to think about things like changing the world around us. And I think that that's, that's the big difference. And as you know, it, it's so easy for the Congress to make more laws to, you know, to regulate more conduct of, of Americans, but it's really hard to do away with some laws. <laughs> Oh yeah. I think that's what we're seeing with marijuana right now is it seems to be the public sentiment that, you know, the federal government should be out of it altogether. Leave it to be a state or a local issue. But uh we just can't get some real leadership in Congress to stand up and say, you know, it's time to vote, it's time to do this. No, I, I completely agree and you know, that's one of the things that not one of the things, it's the primary thing we're trying to get people to do is to wake up and let's take some action. You know, the truth is we have all these people, over 500 individuals in America whose job is lawmaker. Why do we need 500 and 600, however many congressmen and senators we have, on a federal level to make laws? Why do we need that many laws to be made? I think that we should maybe redirect some of their their – their task, and, and you know, I, I it really tans my hide to see how much energy we put into making laws as, as a career. Well, Craig, there's your first beef. I'm going to go ahead and give the floor to you. Well, my message is really the same, is uh, please, you know, get a hold of the Congress, get a hold of our government, tell them that, you know, tell our congressmen, our senators that we want them out of our lives. We, we don't want them to tell what we can't smoke, what pills we can't take, you know, things of that nature. As long as, you know, a person is not hurting the the, uh, society, is not hurting their neighbors, is not even hurting the land, leave them alone. Let them do what they want. You know, I I want the government to shrink. I want them to get out of, you know, trying to to regulate so many factors of our daily life. But uh, we need people to get on the phone, get on the email, and uh, force our our congressmen to... there we go. Craig Cecil, cut off again. He gets 15 minutes, and he 
it just kind of breaks my heart every time he gets cut off. Um, a man serving life in prison. Life in prison for pot. Um, I can't fathom that. I spent a couple of months in jail, and uh, it was unbearable. I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine facing a sentence like that, that it had no real end to it. All right, we've got some folks on the line that want to talk, and I'm going to go ahead while I'm getting my thoughts together. We're going to bring Glenn Keeling on, and uh, if you have something that you want to add to the show, something you want to talk about, a question for a guest, um, again, we have Tanya Sanders scheduled to join us. Um, hopefully she will. Um all you got to do is pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. If you want to join the fray down in the uh, live feed, uh, it's on the Joe Grumbine um, public figure page, and I believe it's being shared around a bit. So it's probably on a, a Facebook group near you. All right, Glenn Keeling from Ohio is one of our chapter coordinators from our Creative Care Beacon chapter. Glenn and his wife, Peggy, are currently fighting a case, and um, they just had a hearing. Fortunately, we did have some court support in the room, and that warmed my heart. So, um, you know, they're facing a brutal case, and um, yet they've got a lot of strength on their case, and hopefully, you know, we're hoping and praying that the government decides to back the hell off and decide to drop the cases they should. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Joe. Thank you very much. We're we're doing pretty good here in Ohio. Uh, man, I tell you, legalization, that's a hell of a word. I, I, I don't even know where to begin with that word. That is, that is one of the worst words in history, legalization. Uh, I wanted to bring up We've got a dispensary that's opening up this uh, this Friday night. Tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, here in Ohio, be the first one uh, opening in the state. We're actually going to go check it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> going to see. We're 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 going to go. We're we're going to go and and buy the exact same thing that they're they're charging us with. That way, we can buy it oh, in the dispensary. Um, you are, yeah. aren't you? Uh, well, I, I mean, they're, they're trying to say that you know they're, that that it's hash, it's hash, it's hash. So I'm I'm going to go to the dispensary and buy this so-called hash that they keep saying is hash. So I mean, I'm just that, that way I can just show that you know it's not hash because that's that is their big hang-up right now is, is that the the cannabis oil wax dabs whatever. I mean, it's got a lot of different names, but it's cannabis oil either way it goes. It, it is. They're claiming that that was absolute hash, and we were horrible people because we had hash in our homes and we subjected our child to it. And no, it's just a bunch of crap. It is again, it's because of legalization. The state of Ohio says that we're allowed to have stuff, but it's just not caught up with police yet. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, it's just it's not going to matter. They're going to come knock on your door. Whether you're within the limit or you're not within the limit, they're going to knock on your door. 
If they get a whim up their ass or if they get a swift in the air, trust and believe. They're going to knock on your door. That's all there is to it. Whether you think that you're hiding, that you've got a cover of the word legalization or not, Joe knows, uh, with many listeners listening, know that just because you're in a legal state does not mean that you have absolute protection. Uh, they want to piss with you, they're going to do whatever they want when they want to. <clears throat> uh, well, it's so true. And, and, you know, that's been kind of the the theme of this show. Um, you know, the theme of the work that we're doing is, you know, people somehow think that once you pass that ballot around and you get your signatures and you get your law passed that, whoa, we're done, you know, we're dancing in the streets, we're celebrating. And then, unfortunately, a pretty short period of time after, sometimes there's no, no, no gap in time, law enforcement, number one, doesn't necessarily agree with the law, and they'll continue acting as they always have. Number two, uh, every single one of these laws is limited in what you can and cannot do. And not one of these laws um, has it set in such a way that it's still isn't a crime to do one thing or another, whether it's having too many plants or too much of this or having hash or having whatever, you name it. There's always a place where the law, the protection of the law ends. And and I think that that's the key to it, that we got to remember. Um, unfortunately, I watch public sentiment in places where legalization has happened um, People get dark over it. Uh, when somebody gets busted in a legal state, people are more critical of those people rather than saying, holy cow, that's horrible. How dare them uh, charge somebody with a crime for using a plant? Instead, I have, I have responses like, well, what were they doing? Were they legal? Did they have too many? How much did they have? What did they have? Um, who fucking cares? What, what I, I think you said it. All the pot in your state, in your room. What if you had every kind of concentrate there was? What if you had, I mean, what does it matter? What if you gave it away, sold it, traded it, um, drove it across state lines, put it in the mail, and shipped it to your friends. I mean, again, you show me where there's a crime. You know, the right. definition of a crime, let's look it up right now. I don't think we've ever done this one. We're going to just look up crime. In ordinary right. language, crime is an unlawful act punishable by state or authority. The term crime does not in modern law have any simple or universally accepted definition, although statutory definitions have been provided. Without some kind of bullshit or what, to me a crime is an act that happens where somebody has been victimized. One individual has had their rights violated and the other individual violated somebody's rights. And yet we don't even have a definition for a crime anymore. What the hell has happened? I, I don't even know what to say. Right. It, it, it's mind-blowing the way that, you know, it, they can do things without letting us know because that law has been changed because the, the legal definition used to say 
doing bodily harm or damage to a person, property, or puppy is way is the way that the definition used to say. Now that's obviously had been changed without any of us knowing it. And again, it's just they do what they want when they want to do it. And you said a few key words. You know, when they pass that little paper around and you get it all, you know, legalized in your state, it's what they allow allow adults. Somebody is allowing a grown person that goes to work every day, that pays their bills, that takes care of property, that does they're allowed to use a plant. That yeah, just just soak yeah. that in for just a second. We're allowed we're adults and we're allowed to use a plant. That is amazing. That's just that's that's awesome. I, I mean the world we live in is just shitty as hell as it is to begin with, and now we're allowed to use a well, plant. How did we give up our power? So much so that we allow ourselves to be ruled like that. I mean, when did that happen? When did we roll over and say, okay, I guess you can tell me what I can eat and what I can't eat. Oh, okay, I guess you can tell me what kind of plants I can grow in my garden. When did we allow that? And and that's the point. We did allow it because we haven't stopped it. And that's what this show's about. That's what the human solution's about. And that's what needs to change, for God's sake. You know, I, so many people are so complacent. And I'll keep yelling and screaming until enough people get up. Obviously, I have no authority over anybody. And if I did, I don't think I would use it. But what I would I hope to do is to educate and inspire enough people to say, yeah, why is it that I am okay with somebody oppressing me this way? Uh, where it's not, is it? It's we, not at all. Yeah. You know, and, and no amount no amount of it, you know, and we can and, and we talk about this every week, you know, Joe. You, you know, we educate, we we can lead people, we can show people, we can tell people, but you know, we can sit here and say this now, and as much education as we push and as many people as we touch, this November we're still going to have a bunch of dumbasses go out there and push a button and put somebody in that office that's going to fucking make decisions for us that's not right. It's going to happen. It happens year after year after year, and that's why we get these people in office that, that they're not pushing for us. They're not making rules and laws, and they're not out for our best interest. They're watching their pockets. And, and again, we can educate until we're blue in the face, but until we get the masses, along with what what we're doing, we're still going to go and push that button and put dumb asses in the office and, and to make rules for us to allow to do things. And that that's sad. It's sad that it happens year after year after year. And what's even sadder yet is is you got these politicians up there, and they they lie, they lie, lie, lie. I mean. It, can't people just be fucking honest? Where where where's the honest people at? Hey Tanya, great, thank you for joining. You you know it's education. People get some education, know what you can and can't do, and, and know your know who your representatives are. Call them, write them every single day. Tester the shit out of them. That's what yeah. you want to do. You want to you you want to you want to do something. Pester the shit out of the people that make the laws for us and get them to change. 
get them to stand up for us finally and stop watching their pockets. Well, I tell you what, I, a, a while ago, I was encouraging people to do call your representative therapy because think about this, all right? If you really, really wanted to do something, and it's such an easy thing to do. I've done it, I don't know, a hundred or a thousand times over the years. I haven't done it lately, but um, I've done it many, 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 many times. Find your representative. Pick up and call their office. And then let them have it. Tell them what you think. You know, I got a congressman by the name of Ken Calvert. He's a son of a bitch. And he's kept winning and winning and winning. He's an incumbent for, fuck, who knows how many years. And I've written that guy, I don't know how many letters, and called his office and said, what the hell? How is it that you can't endorse HR 1523, which it was at the time, and now it's a different one, the Respect States' Rights Law that Dana Rohrbacher had put in? And I got back a a letter from this guy three times in a row saying, well, I can't support this because pot's a drug and drugs are bad and it leads to the gateway to hell. And you go back and you try to further the conversation and they just don't want to hear it. And so, you know, you find another topic. And to be able to vocalize, I mean, one of the reasons that I do this show, uh, to be honest, is kind of selfish. It allows me to vent and say what I think loudly and, and with a few hundred or thousand or who knows how many people able to hear it, but it feels good to get my frustrations out there. It also feels good to be able to, to you know, give a voice to everybody else, and and that's a big part of all of this. Um, well, the thing is, I think, Joe, you, you also connect, you, you know, you connect with every caller that calls in, you, you know, I mean, you are, you're a compassionate person to begin with. I mean, you really connect and you know, you, you've been there, you know, and that's just, that's just what it is. You've been there. You walked where we, you know, these people are going now and, and, you know, you're a pioneer in this, you know, and, and that's, it's great to have somebody like you that has a voice pushing for everybody else of us that don't have a voice and you allow us to have that. And, and, and I know that I'm one that, that's, that's thankful for the human solution and for you being, you know, being you. I mean, that's awesome, and, and you know, it's, it's a great thing. And really, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm proud and, and, and greatly honored to, to be working around, you know, alongside, you know, somebody of your magnitude. And, and our, our, I'm proud to work with you, and it's an awesome. It's awesome to see what well, we do. I would say that we are in the Mutual uh, Respect Club, um, you know, the the key to this whole thing is it's bigger than any one of us. It's bigger than all of us. And whatever we all bring to it is what we bring. And when enough of us bring enough stuff to this, that's when we're going to win. And, you know, there are some of us that push um, more relentless than others. But why do we do it? We do it so that hopefully we can inspire others to do the same. And I think that that's a big part of this whole thing is, um, doing what we can to make the difference and knowing that the difference will be made when enough people step up and, and speak with a loud enough and broad enough voice. So, Glenn, I, I uh, am excited to be working with you, and uh, 
you know, we've got elections coming up, and after you get off, we're going to go to the election page on the Human Solution International website and give an update on who's been nominated for what offices, and uh, we'll be able to uh, see where we're at. We're about a month away or a month and a half away from elections, and uh, exciting times. We've got a lot of good folks stepping up into uh, leadership potential of the world. Right on. Well, listen, listen up, you guys. If you're in Ohio or you're close, you you can find me on on Facebook. It is the is Creative Care Beacon, the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution International. Uh, Glenn Keeling, Peggy, won't find this easy on that. Or you can just simply give me a call at four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. We can't help unless you reach out. Oh, that's so true. Thank you so much, Glenn. And once again, if anybody is in the Ohio area, um, Glenn and Peggy are just a joy to work with. Um, These guys are passionate. Um, They're not afraid. They're out there uh, fighting the battle, walking the walk. They're they're staring the beast down um, just the way I did, just the way so many of us have. And it is the key to our success. So if you're anywhere in the Ohio area, um, please reach out to Glenn and Peggy and uh, hold your hand out and say, yeah, I'm with you, I'll help. That's what we need to do is overwhelm that courthouse. We need to bring the letters in. We need to bring the bodies in the courtroom. And we need to let this amazing couple uh, get on with their lives so they can help us finish the job and end prohibition. Thank you so much, Glenn, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. Have a good night. All righty. All right, folks, once again, 646 646- Nine two nine two four nine five. If you're interested in talking, uh, hopefully Tanya Sanders will be joining us. I uh, got Pete Yaple on the line. He's got, always got a lot of good things to talk about. Um, but first, I'm going to uh, go to the website, and I've been talking about this now for several months. Uh, we got elections coming up. The Human Solution International is, as far as I know, the only organization in our status of being a federally recognized 501c3 international civil rights organization where not one leadership member gets paid, not one penny, not ever. Um, We're all volunteers. We're all here because something needs to be done. It ain't going to do itself. So we're here to get her done, and we're here to, 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 to show others how to do it. We're here to change history. We are changing history. Um, as a result, we have a full transparency um, um, policy, and we put every single position of leadership up for election, full general election, a true demo- democratic process. Every active member of this organization has a vote. <coughs> and anybody who has been an active member for two years or better um, has an opportunity to be leadership. And even if you are not, and you've been actively engaged for enough time, you would qualify for an exemption. So let's get to where we're at. First of all, we start from the top and work our way down. And from the top, I mean the bottom, because the highest office here is the one that has the most responsibility and clearly um, gets blamed for everything that goes wrong. So uh, that would be the president and CEO. So currently, I sit in that seat, um, 
and I am running again. I believe I do a good job at this, and I believe I will continue to do a good job. I've been blessed with uh, a gift of perpetual motion. I don't have the give up gene. Anybody who's ever known me knows that when I'm in it, I'm in it to win it, and I don't back down. I don't slough off. I show up to work every day, and my past will show you that, and so will the present and future. Pete Yapel is also running um, to challenge this office, and I respect that. He's the first person to ever step forward into the ring, and um, my God, let's let's have a good election. I, I'm, I'm excited to have competition in this, and I welcome it. Um, so then we got the vice president position. Currently, we, Lisa Wooldridge is vice president and doing a fine job, I might add. She's running again. And we also have Glenn Keeling, who you just heard, and Pete Yapel running for vice president. So if you haven't gotten the idea here, one individual can run for more than one office. Actually, in our bylaws, one individual can hold more than one office. Um, there's some offices that an individual can't hold both of, but um, you can have two jobs. Uh, all right, here we go. This is probably the most important job of the whole organization, the treasurer, chief financial officer. Currently, Becca Nichols sits in that role, and as I said last week, and I will continue to say, um, I don't see anybody stepping in to even challenge her. Uh, if you were to run for this office, you better be very well qualified, as she is, and you better be very well committed. Um, she's done an amazing job and um, has always um, always honored our transparency policies and always honored our moral high ground in that we have always stayed far on our side of what's righteous. And she's kept us there, so I'm, I, I would lobby for her unless somebody more qualified would come in, and I, I'd, I'd see him coming a long way away. All right. Next we have secretary. We only have one person running for secretary, and that is Pete Yapel, who is currently secretary. I would like to see some more people run for that position. It's an important position, and it's a position that, unfortunately, we haven't had filled very well for very long. We've had, I don't know how many secretaries come and go. It's actually one of the easiest positions on the on, in leadership, um, but it's an important one. It's one that, that keeps us compliant or not. Um, and we got chairman of the board. I am currently chairman of the board, and I am running unopposed at this time. Um, then we have the board, and we have historically had a board as many as 13 members. Um, we have five current members plus the chairman, um, and it's a good number, and we could grow the board if needed, uh, if the right amount of people came in. So currently we have running for board Becca Nichols, Pete Yapel, Peggy Kimmel, Glenn Keeling, Lisa Wooldridge, Laura Robert, and Mary Donnelly. Now I want to add, and I've said this every week, there are other people who have submitted uh, a form but they never identified what position they wanted to run for. I, anybody who knows me uh, knows that I am the very worst mind reader on the planet, and I will not even begin to attempt to read your mind. So 
If you want to run for this office, go back to the webpage, thsintl.org, and fill out completely uh, the intake form, and it will now include the position. All right, so we got a whole lot of people that are uh, bouncing around on the live feed. I'm real excited about that. A lot of people I haven't seen uh, in a long time. Um, some people I've never seen before. So all of you, I welcome you to the show. If you want to participate and uh, have your voice be heard outside of a few clickety-clack notes, um, pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. I welcome um, everybody. I especially welcome people that don't agree with me, that don't like me, that think that I am maybe don't belong where I'm sitting, whatever it is. I welcome you to come in and tell me all about it. However, I have the button, and you must tell the truth, and you must be respectful. If you can do that all day long, please come aboard. Tell us about what you really think. Okay, i got Pete Yapel coming up, but I think it's time. We're going to dig in. We're going to tell another story. We're going to tell a story of the truth of the Human Solution International and why we have not ended prohibition yet. So here's how this works. I have in my hand a bowl, and in this bowl I have a bunch of numbers, and I'm going to pick a number. All right, I've picked the number 78. So number 78, I'm going to go over to my book, and there's a name that corresponds to number 78. Oh, interesting. All right. We're getting off real cheap the first couple of uh, stories. These are people that have generally been very helpful, and um, the lesson is generally too bad we haven't seen you in a while. So this person um, I'm going to call C. I'm not going to give you a point of reference as to when they were engaged with the Human Solution International. Um, specifically, or at least where they, where, when they got engaged and when they left or stopped being engaged. But if you are able to guess who this person is and send me a private message, um, I'll give you a prize. The goal isn't to guess this person unless you want to, but um, which of course everybody loves a game and a challenge. So I welcome you to, I welcome you to try. But the point of this is to get the lesson. Probably this person's story would reflect somebody else's. Uh, maybe somebody I never even spent any time with. Maybe somebody who you know that I don't know. Maybe somebody that was never engaged with the human solution, but maybe might have been. So remember this. The point of this is to talk about the human solution and our mission to end prohibition. That's what we're here for. We're not here to pass reform to change the law, we're here to end prohibition, and we'll do it by whatever means necessary. We're here to empower the individuals. We're here to teach you how to rise up and own your power that's been stripped from you. You don't have to put up with a lot of things we put up with. We can change things simply by being present, to show up and show true boots-on-the-ground support for the things that are righteous and show true boots-on-the-ground opposition for things that are wrong. That's all it is. It's really kind of simple. So I met this person, and, and some of these stories I'm going to 
tell from a personal point of view, and others I'll try to keep separate. Um, but I met this person at a, an event that we held. Now, remember, when I was going through my case, this covers six years, so I'm not going to divulge when it happened, but I held, I don't know, seven or eight different fundraisers. We had Freedom Fighters fundraisers, and uh, I put up my, my property to do it, and um, uh, we had music and, and speakers and booths, and it was kind of a you know regular old type of a fundraiser. I was never very good at these fundraisers in the sense that we never collected that much money from them, but um, we had some great events. I had people for many years saying, when's the next one? Uh, fortunately, I, I'm not raising money for my legal defense anymore, and um, my attorney never got paid the last of it, but, you know, um, he can come and get it, I guess, if he thinks that that's important. Oh, Tanya's here. Well, when I get finished with my story, we're going to we're gonna bring Tanya. And Creed Leffler's here, too, so he's got a bunch of things he wants to talk about. But anyways, I met this person, and this person was um, a very interesting person. They had a lot of experience with uh, journalism, had come from a very rough past, been through a lot, um, kind of a kind of a little bit of a rough individual. But there was definitely a, a hunger for the truth. Um, this person got the human solution in a way that not everybody does, in a way that most people don't. And so we connected on a, on a pretty deep level. And this person began to write, and as my case and other cases uh, were unfolding. This person was fundamental in helping to tell that story in a very specific way. And I was very, very grateful. This person was very, um, very adamant that the story was told accurately and I was given the opportunity to edit stories before they were published, which was great. Very seldom does that happen. Most of the time I've done interviews in my life, I do this interview and then you watch what gets told and you're just like, oh, you're kidding me, really? you got to take that one clip and miss that whole important part. You know, how can that be? Anyways, This person was very, very active for a while, was present for, I don't know, I think most days of my trial and many other cases that we were supporting at any given time. Um, I've seen this person travel around quite a bit and, and be present at a, a lot of different um, events and activities. This person proudly wore our solidarity ribbon, which, of course, I don't even have one today. I humbly... Uh, am naked. <laughs> if somebody could get me a ribbon, I'd be real happy. Anyways, this person actually see, actually wore this ribbon in a very special way, a unique way, and in a way that, that told me that they got it. Um, and they, they were very proud with this solidarity ribbon. And there was always a very special place uh, in our organization for 
see and, and, and people like to see because it was an understanding of how big this mission really is. But um, as we went through growing pains, one of the biggest uh, tragedies that happened as some people left and had personal beefs with other people, um, you know, we were divided in so many ways. And in some ways we were weakened, but the strong rose up through it. And I believe in spite of all the losses that we've taken, I believe we're actually a stronger group than we ever were. <clears throat> but I can't help but think that we could be ever so much stronger if the, some of the people that caused division in the past had come back. Um, and I don't believe this person caused any diver division at all. In fact, I think if I saw C today, we would both smile and, and embrace and, and, and tell a good story. Um, but the thing that's happened with so many people is time time goes on and, and people's lives go on. And the work of the human solution is not easy work. And it is uh, requires a commitment that few people have. It requires uh, the ability to put your ego aside in a way that few people do. It requires the understanding of unity. And most people just don't get how important unity is. Most people think, oh, look at that. My honey's putting a ribbon on me. <laughs> Anyways, she wears this ribbon more proudly than I do, and I am one of the people that invented the damn thing. I love it. I love this ribbon. I wear it proudly. Um, I get it. I, I, I get what this ribbon's all about. It's about solidarity. It's about standing together. It's about the answer, people. This is the answer when enough of us hold arms together and say, yes, together we speak with one voice and together we say it's not okay to continue with prohibition anymore in any way. When that happens, we'll win. But again, C, as much as I cared about C or do care about C, um, C has moved along. I haven't seen this person in several years. Last time I ran into this person, I think my case was recently over, or maybe now I think it was still going, but towards the end, and um, met C in Central California for an afternoon for a lunch, and uh, I kind of thought after that meeting that they would get more engaged. We were working on building a chapter in uh, Bakersfield at the time. I'll even give you a little a little key which won't be much help, but uh, we were passing through Bakersfield on our way up to a, an event up in NorCal and had lunch with this person and uh, haven't heard anything from these since. No reason. Time goes on. I, I know that this person is still very supportive of our work, and I, I would imagine that if we were to ho hold an event that uh, they'd be there and still be supportive, but what we need to be successful in the way that we need to be successful is for people to raise their hand first and say, hey, I want to help. Who's near me? What can we do? Um, let's, let's craft that message. Let's pick up that bullhorn. Let's speak it loud, and let's, let's, let's work a plan. I know we can. 
So that's my little story. The message again is stay the course. This hasn't ended. We're still fighting prohibition all over the world, and we still have people all over the world that are victims of prohibition. And, you know, your business is important. Your business is great. Your family's important. Your family's great. Uh, your home life, your hobbies, your you name it, whatever it is, those things are important and great. But you know what? The second you stare down a barrel of a gun and have all your stuff taken and get charged with crimes and watch all your friends and family walk away, um, maybe you'll get it. I don't want you to get it at that end. Why not get it now? Why not stand up now and make more of a difference than you are? Whatever you're doing, you could do more. I can do more. Inspire me to do more, please. I want to do more, but I need a little bit of need a little bit of love from the other side. All right, I see Tanya popped in, and uh, she's got quite a story to tell. Last last uh, week she came on and got a couple of minutes, and I promised her a whole segment. And so a whole segment it will be. We got Tanya Sanders. And um, she put a lot of information, and it wouldn't let me post it all, so I actually had to sort of edit and slice the um, her bio. So I'm just going to let her jump in and start telling the story a little bit. Tanya, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm, I'm glad to be able to give you a voice. And uh, from last week, I've I been thinking about, you know, you and your show, you and your story, and it represents. You know, the reason that the human solution exists. So, um, welcome. Hi, Joe. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Um, it's I great to you. have you on the show. And, um, you know, we got enough time to really get in and, and tell your story. And if, well, Tanya's here um, and you have a question for Tanya or you want to uh, make a comment or whatnot, you can pick up the phone. Even if you're listening right now, um, you can hang up and call back. And you just pick up the phone and dial 646-929-2495, and we can put you all on the line at the same time and uh, uh, really get into a conversation. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and and let's do it. Okay. Well, hi, everyone. Um, My name is Tanya Sanders. Um, I'm a 37-year-old wife, mother of two girls, I've been a nurse for 17 years. Um, about 10 years ago, I started getting really sick, and that's when I got my diagnosis with my lupus. Um, hold on one second. Sorry, my phone's playing in the background for some reason. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Okay, there we go. Well, no, it's still playing. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with this thing. That's all right. We're uh, we're we're a low impact show right now, so it's all good. <laughs> but um, yeah, it started about ten years ago, and then everything just spiraled out of control. I was prescribed pharmaceuticals um, right off the bat. Um, I like I said, I, I've been a nurse, and I thought the doctors, you know, they knew best, so I followed everything to the T. Every medication they gave me, I never used more than I was supposed to. Um, Then things started going on, you know, because I was taking the medicine, you know. I 
my teeth were perfect before I lost all my teeth because of the chemo and the prednisone. You know, it was, it's always one thing after another. You know, each medication they gave me, then something else would go wrong, you know? Um, meningitis, um, two times, a coma, I had multiple pain pumps, peg tube, my kids were helping feed me through my peg tube, um, ports, pick lines, infections, facial abscesses, you name it, I have been through it, a stroke, um, like I said, I did the chemo, that was hell, um, but then, you know, a year and a half ago is finally when I decided to do the medical marijuana. Me and my husband had been researching it for about two years prior. But even though I was taking all that medicine, it didn't matter. I was so scared just to try the medical marijuana. I was so scared. Isn't that crazy? Where were you living at the time? Here in Ohio. Um, I was, uh, we moved in with my mother and father-in-law a couple times. They helped take care of me. Um, and my girls, my husband works full time. I was, I've been able, I've been unable to work. I've been on disability because I have been so sick. You know, these past eight and a half years, I haven't even been able to take care of myself, let alone anyone else. I try, I tried, you know, but I just, I, it was, I was a zombie. It was horrible. Um, I was well, taking fentanyl. Delauded, you name it, I've tried it, I've done it, I've taken it, everything. And then a year and a half ago is when I went to pain management, and that's when the whole process has started. You know, they said that they were going to um, start decreasing my doses because of the opioid crisis going on, and it really wasn't helping me. There was, I, I was still on the couch 20 to 22 hours a day, crawling to the bathroom back and forth while my girls were at school, you know, I was unable to really take care of the house. You know, I try wipe wipe down my counter for like two seconds, or try to fold my clothes while sitting on the floor in front of the dryer, leaning against the wall. You know, that's no way to live. No, it's so not. it was either it was either try this the medical marijuana that we were deathly afraid of, but the that's what the whole world is. They're afraid. There's no reason yeah. to be afraid. I'm telling, I'm telling everyone, I have been on every medicine that there is. I swear, and this, this plant it is better than any medication I've ever been given, ever taken, ever anything. It can be used for multiple things, you know, kids, veterans, epileptics, um, MS, Parkinson's. I mean, the endless. It helps everything. Well, and 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 that's kind of the that's kind of the secret. Um, you know, I've been working with this plant for over thirty years now, and um, I've watched. I don't know. I, I can't even begin to to think to count how many people I've watched uh, benefit in in so many of the ways that you've talked about. Most people don't don't benefit in so many of those ways all at once, but even one of those things to be um, alleviated is huge. And yeah. but I, I've watched people recover from every kind of illness, every kind of addiction, every kind of, yeah. uh, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I get it. That's why, 
That's why we fight for this plant. It's not, we don't, there's lots of great herbs. Um, I don't fight for the, for the ginseng plant. I mean, it's not illegal either, but if it was, I don't know if I'd fight for it. It's a great herb, but it doesn't do anywhere near what this one does. And it wouldn't be so much of a crime if they decided to one day make it illegal. Um, I mean, it'd be just as much of a crime, but it wouldn't have so much of a, of an impact, I don't think. So, um, do you know the the Keelings? Yes, I've been working. Oh, with good, him, good. Um, I was going to say, um, I, if not, I sure hope you guys do soon. That's fantastic. Yeah, he um, was actually saying that he was trying to get lupus on the um, list uh, for Ohio because it's not on the list, believe it or not. Well, you know, why would it be? That's just crazy. Yeah, why would it be? You know? Yeah. Hey, and like you said, these, the addicts, you know, these heroin addicts, these the opiate crisis, it could be saved. Like, I know people don't want to believe me. You know, I was taking the, the fentanyl, the Dilaudid, around the clock. If I can... If I can get off that stuff, then people can, it, um, oh, my gosh, it saves my life. If people could just see that it saved my life whenever I was withdrawing because I was going to end it. Either they were going to kill me or I was going to end it. I couldn't do it. And this plant saves my life. There's so many forms of it, the CBD, you know, for other things that, you know, that people can use for chronic pain, anxiety, depression, just the, even the CBDs. <clears throat> There's so many. Oh, absolutely. Endless opportunities. Any, any part of this plant can be can be valuable, and you know, as much as I'm very much um, opposed to any limitations. I mean, frankly, I don't think there should be any limitations whatsoever on this plant. I think if you want to yeah. eat a gallon of oil, then God dang it, eat a gallon of oil. Um, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I don't care how much CBD, CBC, CBG, CB, uh, any of the cannabinoids. I don't care if it has a lot of them or a little of them. It can help you. It can't hurt you. I, it, that's the part yeah. that blows me away. Is that? And 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 I keep waiting for somebody to come up. And and the best anybody's ever done would say, well, yeah, if you smoke a a bud that is so moldy that it's falling apart. Uh, well, guess what? You're not smoking pot anymore. You're smoking mold. Okay? It's not yeah. the same thing. So uh, so, um, so, tell me about now. Um, I mean, it sounds like you've had a miracle um, uh, experience, yeah. as so many people have. And, and what's your plan? What do, you, what do you plan to do to, I mean, frankly, I'll be a little shameless here. What are you going to do to help us end prohibition? <laughs> Okay. Well, I've been, I met with a news reporter out of Ohio and I finally came out to the world. I know that sounds crazy, but it was a, it's a big thing. I was scared. Ohio is a hard place to live. Um, a lot of people are stuck back, you know, in the seventies that, you know, people who smoke pot or use medical or marijuana are non-productive members of our society. Um, you know, they just sit on the couch all day. That's, the stigma that needs a race now, you know, it could save millions of people's of millions of people's lives. You know, um, people are so afraid, so afraid to talk to their doctors. I want people to be able to go into their doctors after they've heard my story, go into their doctors, ask their doctor, you know, if this is something that, you know, 
well, how does how does the doctor feel about this? You know, if they're not willing to talk to you about it, then they're not willing to keep you as a patient. You know what I mean? They don't really care about you as a patient. All my doctors are aware. All the surgeons, everyone is aware. Everybody should not be afraid to talk and ask questions. Educate yourself. There's all this stuff online. You can Google anything. You can watch any YouTube video. I want people just not to be afraid. Well, I think that's absolutely a noble noble aspiration. And I think that, um, you know, education and getting this, message out and, and, and speaking on every possible channel, every possible uh, venue, every possible, um, uh, you know, little radio shows like this to big network TV shows like Pete Yaples, um, any of these things are important. Getting a, a radio or a, a newspaper interview, a magazine interview. I mean, I've done, I don't know how many interviews, especially when I was going through my case, and, it, and it, to me, it didn't matter where I was talking. My hope was that maybe one more person will get it, one more person will hear. So um, yep. I would certainly like to align our organization with you and, and your cause if we can. Um, I know Glenn is there to, to be helpful, and um, I, I don't know if you're signed up as a member or not, but we'd certainly love to have you. And, um, you know, is there Thank anything you. we can do to help? You know, and I want to I want to be there for the patients that don't are scared. You know, I want to be their voice. I want to go to Congress or whoever, tell my story, tell other people's stories. Um, you know, I think this is just my opinion. You know, and being a nurse and being sick and things like that. But I feel like every hospice in the United States should offer this, no matter what. You know what I mean? If a if an end of life patient, um, somebody with a terminal illness, needs this medicine for them to live a little, to laugh a little, to eat, to just be human for just a time in their life where they need it the most, then why not? I know that I would want this for my family member. You know, like I said, I've taken everything, I've seen everything. This is this is what everyone needs. And, you know, everyone might not react to it, but what's it going to hurt not to try? I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, um, I, I absolutely appreciate you uh, coming on to tell your story. And, you know, like like every good guest, I, I welcome you to, to come back anytime. You know, something's changed or if you get an opportunity to, uh, to have an impact anywhere else, um, you know, please don't be a stranger by any stretch. And, if there's anything we can do to, uh, um, you know, to help your cause and your mission, please let us know. Thank you. And I've been also working with Mike Wise. Do you know him? I'm sure you do. Uh, probably. I, I have Wise a really pain and I don't remember a lot of things. Yeah. So. <laughs> he, uh, he's been working with me, and so we're getting, we're, I'm getting there slowly but surely, and I'm not going to give up. But thank you so much, Joe, for having me, and I really appreciate it. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, absolutely. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, how would they do it? Um, they can come to my Facebook page and just message me. It's Tanya Stan, S-A-N, um, or just get a hold of me on there, and then we can connect on, um, you know, other other ways if they want to. 
That sounds great. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I celebrate your victory that you've overcome so much with this plant, and um, I celebrate you, you staying the course you. and, uh, you know, being an inspiration to others. I'm watching the comments of people come in, and you're touching people right now. You've reached a lot of people um, through, your, through your words right now, so I want to thank you for that. Thanks, Joe. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Right. I love you. Bye. All right, Tanya Sanders. Okay, um, let's see what we got going on. We got Pete Yapel, we got Tom Corby, and Creed Leffler. Um, so we're going to go Pete Yapel first because he was whispered in my ear a minute ago about being uh, restraining himself. I always love to see what happens when people are forced to restrain themselves. Um, t- Pete, welcome to the show. I'm not going to give you an intro today because everybody knows you now. Welcome. How are you Joe, doing today? I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. <laughs> and, and, and that's fine because I'm an asshole in this business. And, and unfortunately, we have to be if we want something really done. Last week I come on your show, and I, I want to get this out first. Last week I came on the show, and I want to ask any of your viewers, and if anybody has, please comment in the comment box. Who wrote a letter? Who wrote a letter? Well, everybody asks what they can do. I ask one thing, just write a letter. Again, who am I? Nobody has to do what I say, but we're trying to end prohibition. I I don't know about you, but I've watched Facebook run for as many years as it's been alive, and we are zero, zero closer, zero closer. I don't care what states have the legalization. Again, California last week, bus for CBDs, 50 states legal, correct? No, people. Stop. Stop the fucking yeah, right. silliness. I'm sorry for my language, Joe, but unfortunately on your show, right. I'm allowed to say whatever I like. Absolutely. It's all good. <laughs> just on mine. I, I, I just like on mine. But, and and I, I hate to swear. I don't. But you know the passion I get when it comes to this. Yeah. Listen, there, I, 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 I love Tanya. I'm glad that she's got Mike Wise in her corner, and I, I, think, I think it's fantastic. And Mike's a, Mike's a big activist and a big name in the thing. But again, it's Facebook, man. Everybody knows everybody on Facebook. Because you know somebody on Facebook doesn't mean anybody says to me all the time, oh, about me. I'm a nobody, guys. I'm just trying to make a plant that keeps me alive legal. Not legal, free. Free. Free, free, free is a tomato plant, and, and, and right now the forsythia bush that I'm looking at as I sit in my car and talk to you. I mean, it, it's a plant. You know, I, 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 it aggravates me. I've spoken to many people that I respect in this, in, in this uh, uh, industry, and when I spoke about letter writing last week, everybody thought it was a good idea, but everybody thought it was a good idea to inbox me and set up a letter writing program. No, just write a letter for Christmas sake. We don't need a program. We don't need 15 people telling everybody what day to send out a letter. Send out a letter for Christ's sake. If you can't send out a letter, get on show. One of the messages, as I, as I begin to tell the stories of, of why we haven't ended prohibition, and I'll get to some real juicy ones if I pick the right names, and I will, but um, everybody deciding to do their own thing, having 12 people with the idea of let's, let's start another thing. Well, we don't need another thing. We've got enough things. 
why don't we all work the thing that we already have? Why don't we work a number of things that we already have? And when a call to action is given, why don't we just act? I mean, wouldn't that's that just all, be the just act. You don't need direction. You don't need a time. Do you need to set a appointment time in your phone for your clock to go off to send a letter out? Write a goddamn letter for Christ's sake. I, that, that, that's all I ask. I, now, and listen, here's another thing that we have to erase. And I heard Tanya say, closet, and it's difficult. The, I get that. But those that are out of the closet, I, I heard a statement today made by a patient that I – well, not by a patient I treat, by a husband of a patient that I treat that bothered me more than anything I've ever heard in my life. Daughter's getting ready to go out and drive a car. She just smoked a joint with us. And he's like, you shouldn't have her out there driving that car while she's smoking pot and this, that, and anything. And I'm going, dude, you smoke pot and drive a car. How can you <laughs> sit there and, and, and sit there and say, oh, well, this is the greatest thing that God's ever given us because you've saved my wife, but then at the same time go, oh, my daughter can't do that shit while she drives. Come on, I drive better high than I do fucking when I'm not. And when I'm not high, I'm in pain, and I can't think straight, and I'm all over the goddamn place. When I'm high, I concentrate on the road. I get where I'm going. It, it, it's such a misconception. It, it, it's such a misconception. And then the next thing. Well, why can't we let actions be judged for actions? And if you're driving shitty, then don't do what you're doing. If you're driving right. good, then keep doing what you're doing. Why don't we? Why don't we think that that's maybe a way to move forward? I don't know. It just seems seems like it might be a good idea. Right, and but it's just the hypocrisy within our own selves. You know, we we can't say that cannabis can't hurt you, but at the same time, sit back and say to someone, "Don't use cannabis because you're going to get hurt." You know, I mean, it, it, it's the person's responsibility, like you're saying. And, 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 and let's be realistic, man. I don't know, Joe. You know me. I, I take a lot of medicine. I take and, – and people that are listening, please listen to this. I take on average, an, a, on average a gram to a gram and a half of FECO oil a day. I also take about three-tenths of a gram of premium oil, which is THC high concentrate. I also <laughs> – treat myself with other herbs and food. So I ingest a lot of medication. And for people to think that, oh, you take that much shit, you can't function is so wrong because without that much oil, I cannot function. So here's my, my plea to everyone out there finally. We want to make a difference in the cannabis, in cannabis law. We want to make a difference in the movement then we have to start acting as the word is within activism. We cannot allow any longer anyone to tell us, to govern us, to police us in any fashion or way if cannabis is our choice of medicine. The word allowed is hilarious. I heard Glenn going on that whole thing. I was cracking up because yeah, it's like – my mom hasn't been able – my mother's statement to me, and I, and I always take it from my mother, was don't tell me anything until you're three times seven, which makes you 21 years old. Then I was no longer her responsibility <laughs> legally. <laughs> so guess what? I've been three times seven for a long time. I'm four times seven, five, six, seven. You know, we're going there. Believe me, I'm almost eight times seven. So <laughs> I've got the right to do whatever the hell, and I've earned the right to do whatever the hell I want on this planet as long as I'm not hurting another person. And you, the use of cannabis hurts no one. 
It, it, it truly doesn't. Please, guys, stay tuned every week. Follow our page at www.canowetalk420.com. We list our TV shows on there every week. If you guys aren't uh, capable of watching us local, because we do have just local access, although we're in over almost a million and a half homes here in New York at this point in time, a difference. Making a difference, people, taking cannabis to a different mode, making it family-oriented, making it so a five-year-old child can watch the television show just like the mother and understand that cannabis isn't going to hurt you, that cannabis is only your friend. We started a new thing. You'll see the last segment of our show this week. We started a new thing where we have two walls on our set. One is a sponsor wall. If you want to sponsor us, you can sponsor us. We will have your, your stuff right up on the wall. It's shown every week. We will mention everybody that sponsors. The sponsorships are very affordable. They're anywhere from, from $25 a month until $60 a month. They're very affordable, and it'll help your business to begin with. But, but not only that, now we've created the other wall that we were going to use for the same purpose for our guests to highlight their stuff over top of them. We're now going to make a can of child's wall. If your child has been helped by cannabis, if in any way, shape, or form a child under the 18 years of age has been helped, have them send in a piece of artwork. I don't care if it's a drawing, a sculpture, or whatever. We will display it on our wall and highlight that child every week, showing that cannabis isn't a dangerous thing, that this is something that can help people, even children. I think that's a great idea. I think a lot of um, the value, you know, we try to balance um, a lot of different angles of this. One angle is, identifying the problem, which is fairly easy to do, and bringing victims of the drug war, and I don't use the word victim lightly, um, but giving victims a chance to, to speak their mind. The second is to obviously encourage uh, people to participate and take action. And the third, in my opinion, is maybe one of the most important and, and the least used, is let's talk about our victories. Um, let's talk about, you know, how, is, how has this been effective? And I think that that's uh, – people can be touched by any one of those things, and I think that we need to use them all uh, equally and effectively. I think Pete dropped off. Um, Got to love cell phones, folks. We operate with them, um, but, boy, they're a pain in the ass sometimes. Okay, i got 17 minutes left of the show. I'm going to tell another story, and this is a story that includes a bunch of people. Um, and this is a very sort of inclusive story. There's a lot of people that, that fit into this. And it's a story about the human solution, as we are and have always been. So once upon a time, there were a bunch of different people that had issues with some people in a great organization, or had issues with issues, or had issues with themselves. But for whatever reason, they decided to go on their merry way, and they skipped off across the land and decided to do something else, as so many have done in the past. And they started another group, another, another thing, and they did some things, and they stopped doing one of the major things that they did because, I don't know, it's a lot of work. These radio shows are a lot of work. These um, maintaining an organization 
um, when nobody's getting paid. It's, it's a lot of work. But these individuals were very active in our uh, prison outreach um, part of our organization. And um, I've always felt bad because most of the people that have left our organization that were very valuable at one point to us were in deeply engaged in the prison outreach part. And I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the prison outreach part of this organization that um, is very volatile for whatever reason. I don't, I don't understand it. But what happened was is it changed the way that I was able to interact with prisoners because um, I'm not going to engage in any drama and the drama that had gotten started was just, I, it wasn't anything I could be productive in. So, you know, I've taken a step back from many of the prisoners that we used to support uh, as a result. And I, I don't want to, but, you know, personally, I, I, I'm not, I'm only here to help. And if I can't help, I'm, I, I'd rather step away and not cause harm. Anyways, what's happened is, um, these people have gotten together and, and formed a, a group, and they're, they're still operating as a group, and they're doing a pretty substantial prison outreach um, effort at a very major event that's coming up very soon. And uh, the Human Solution has agreed to sponsor uh, an effort that they're making, and uh, we're going to be making a donation to this so that they can... Uh, accomplish what they set out to. And the reason I'm mentioning this without getting specific is because I want you, everybody to understand, again, this is not about any of us. This is not about, um, it's not about anybody that, that likes us or doesn't like us or, or whatever. This is about ending prohibition and supporting the victims of, of prohibition. And that's all I have to say about it. We walk the walk, we talk the talk, and we will continue to support the efforts that help us get towards the end of prohibition. And that includes supporting anybody who is locked up for pot. So I, I do have a bit of a broken heart over um, our my ability personally to engage a lot of these inmates. Um, but there's a lot of good people doing it, and we absolutely um, encourage and support these efforts, and we certainly, um, you know, support anybody who is supporting it. And I don't know. I get a little tongue-tied over this because I've been a little, uh, little brokenhearted over it. Anyways, uh, we got Creed Leffler up next, and then I, hopefully George Martirano calls in. Somebody, if you know George's number, um, remind him. Usually Lisa sends him a message uh, to remind him to call in. Sometimes he loses track of time. He's over on the East Coast. So, anyways, we got Creed Leffler. Uh, Creed has been supporting a couple of um, online petitions, and um, he's working at um, connecting with a popular musician, and um, he's got always a lot to say. Let's see what he has to say today. Welcome to the show, Creed. How are you hey, doing today? Guys. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, I'm guys. doing great. 
a wonderful day to be alive. I I haven't heard from Craig Cecil in a while. What's going on with him? Well, um, Craig just got on a uh, he he had a, a video done by his daughter and a group called the Young Turks, and uh, they've been around for a while, and they're sort of a um, an internet media source, and uh, they did a story on him, so he was really excited about that. I'm going to find it and post it around uh, once I once I do find it. Where did he call in lately? He calls in early. He usually calls in um, about 5.30 Pacific time. I missed him. Well, you can you can go back and listen to the archive. It's it's he's he's definitely there. He's with us every week, and you know he's a he's a fundamental part of the show. That's one of the reasons that we do this show. All right, this is this is a message for Tanya, and I still want to speak afterwards. Hi, Tanya. I have a petition, and I would appreciate your signature. When you sign the petition, at the bottom there is a place to say something. Tell a little bit of your story if you're able to. Hello, Cup of Joe with Joe. By now, you know who this is. I have several updates for you. We had a major swing in signatures today. We are now up to 6,537 signatures, and I got 110 signatures in the last 24 hours, which I believe wow. is my biggest signature count for the day in quite some time. And I had someone contact me that knows someone that has been affiliated with Wiz Khalifa, it's my mom's first cousin's godson. He has actually opened for Wiz before, so that's a great sign. If we can hit 7,000 signatures by next Wednesday at midnight, that would be huge, and that's not an unrealistic ask. And in the meantime, if anybody knows anybody that knows Wiz Khalifa or somebody close to him, please let me know, because my philosophy is if we can get as many people on this as possible, we can get it done for sure. I am also working on drafting Wiz Khalifa a letter, which I plan to give to his security. However, the ideal situation would be to give it to him directly when I meet him. I have been working tirelessly since November 14th of 2016 to get him on board with the petition I created, as he was the first person that I thought of to promote this petition when I made it. If that happens, we can get this to the next stratosphere. With his reach, he can get this to millions of people within a couple hours, if not sooner. When I realized that he was coming near where I live, I decided this would be my best opportunity, so I took the bull by the horns. Well, that is fantastic, um, and I'm glad that you're, you're making some, some contact. You know, they say that we're all connected by six degrees of separation, so if you can break through, it sounds like you're about three or maybe four degrees away, so it, it seems like you're closing in on it. I'm actually connected with this player, with this player as well. 
Well, I I, I very much uh, continue to support your effort. If I if I knew the guy, I would certainly uh, reach out. It's kind of outside of my musical genre, so I, I don't really personally have any um, any connections. But I know that all we're doing is continuing to spread the word. We have a lot of listeners on today's show, so um, my guess and a lot of new people. So hopefully. Um, with all the new people that are listening, and maybe Tanya jumps on your um, your petition, maybe we'll get another couple hundred of signatures, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll find that one person that knows Wiz Khalifa, and that might just open that door. Oh, it's open. I just have to, it's open. I just have to get it. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch it. to get it in. It's open. I just have to weasel my way in. It's cracked. It's just not all the way open. Operator, help me out there. The door is open. I just have to weasel my way in. It's oh. cracked. I just need to get it open. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally agree. The door is open, and that's what this is all about. Uh, we just got to slide in, get our foot in the door, and, and start smiling. So um, absolutely, Creed, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you've become a, a regular part of the show, and uh, now a, a good portion of the, of the listeners know who you are. They're asking questions, and as you can see, they're, uh, they're engaging. So this is fantastic. I can't see the feed because I'm just on the phone. I can't see the feed because I'm just on the phone. I can't see the feed because I'm just on the phone. Oh, yeah, it's okay. When you go and look at it um, afterward, if you want to watch it again, it's always there. Um, You'll see there's we're having a pretty good show today, so... Anyways, I got to get rolling, um, but I, I very much appreciate you being a part of it, and I will hopefully I can get somebody to post your um, your petition back up again. My vice president, who helps me with the show, is sick today, and she wasn't able to help, so I'm running it myself, and I can't do two things at once like that. But hopefully, we can get somebody to post the the link, and if not, Creed. If you come on the show later, you can still post it in as a comment, and it'll be part of the archive. So I appreciate you being here, and I look forward to uh, listening to you next week. Thank you so much. All right, you bet. Creed Leffler once again, and um, we're, we're now down to the short strokes of the show. We got Tom Corby from NorCal, and I think that's the last of our guests. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I want to thank you, Joe, and all those on the front line today and the great speakers and always Coffee Party Radio Show for what is really another historical show. Uh, I, I, want to, I want to send positive vibes to all the people that are up here and all over California 
that are losing their lives and having their house burned down. Uh, Joe knows every year up here, especially in NorCal, every year we go through this uh, with extreme fire situations. This year is worse than ever. Uh, almost two fires a day are breaking out. The sad part of this is I always follow the money. So they caught this arsonist that started six fires. So my friend come on and posted, was he hired? Oh, so uh, up in the, the car fire up in Shasta County, uh, a lot of our friends, uh, thank God, uh, didn't get burned out. Uh, Susan Bryant, who you know knows well, uh, avid supporter of the Human Solution, had her house burned down. Uh, Tabitha Toms, uh, Bubba, uh, Shasta, uh, the rest of them are okay, you know. Uh, this is really sad to say. It's much like uh, our medicine, cannabis, they're all making money on us uh, and, and throwing us in jail, even making money on us in jail, too. It's really sad to say. Uh, and then there is conspiracy theories are, of course, every year. Uh, there's a lot of gardens up there. Or is one one garden burning another one out? There was just someone who said that Oregon wants us burned out so they can... I mean, that's a lot of that's kind of ridiculous. But the car fire especially, why did they let it burn so long? Shasta came out and pointed out because the longer it goes on, they make more money on us. So what they're, what they're really looking for is federal funds. Uh, President Trump come out today, and yes, he's sending these funds. So it's just sad to say that no matter what they say, always follow the money. Now, what what happens is is that when they bust people like us, they bust the wrong people because we stand our ground, we take them to trial, we make them sick of us, we throw everything at them. That's what we do. Uh, A positive note, Stacey Dice with the cannabis uh, posted uh, that the cannabis bus, a picture of the tow truck taking it in for repairs. So it looks like we're going to get the cannabis back on the road, uh, remembering back when, Joe. Uh, when we talk about medicinal herb, I've been using cannabis for over 50 years. Uh, back when we had uh, Mexicans, uh, you know, three-finger, 15 sticks and weeds, and we also had tie stick, Alcapulco gold. Uh, I finally realized after probably 30 years, uh, that and I've been tincturing and using uh, medicinal herbs for many years. That this is actually really uh, just another uh, medicinal, actually a miracle herb. And without cannabinoids in our system, our homeostasis will be out of balance. I want to shout out to Creed right here. Uh, call me, sent me the petition. Uh, I sent it out to many, many friends, and they're passing it on. I think we can get that $7,000 mark, and uh, let's hope so. I want to thank everybody today, and uh, Joe, uh, and all those on the front line again, and come help uh, be the solution and volunteer to find a 
and prohibition. This is our goal and vision. Uh, thank you all today, and don't forget to breathe. Uh, thank you so much, Tom. Once again, Tom Corby, he's been out on the front lines. Uh, he's been supporting more people than anybody else that I know. Um, just always in the thick of things, always selfless. I've watched him sacrifice endlessly and always have the great attitude. So um, up next and last, we have, looks like George Martorano joined in, and I'm going to do a quick um uh, no screen pull in, and because uh, I recognize the number. So, George, welcome to the show. You're you're here to yeah, uh, yeah. Rough all the way night. home. Rough night, rough night, Jericho. Rough night, Jericho. I left yeah. my phone all the way up up center city, and uh, I had to. Uh, I was about a mile away, and I had to jog all the way back to get it. So, oh no. Yeah, I left my phone up in Center City at the at the Marriott, Center City. Did you stay at the Marriott, Joe, when you were here? No, no, I, I didn't. No, yeah, I was well, in my neighborhood, which you know, and then I had to run all the way back to Center City and uh, get the phone. Matter of fact, I'm a I'm a mile away from home doing the show. Oh shoot! <laughs> Standing outside on a street corner, but it's all good. It's uh, it's uh, it, now. Uh, did I, did I? The question is, did I run back for the personal property, the phone, or did I run back for the show? That's the question, ladies and gentlemen. That I'm going to answer next week, since from from my heart and soul. Did I run back for the phone, or did I run back for the show? I can't wait to hear. Gonna, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer next week. It's going to. And you know me, I don't tell no lies, so I love I'm it. Gonna let everybody know next week. That's a one hell thing of a about team. us cannabis, us cannabis people. We got character. Yes. <laughs> you know, I no, told that no, story. No, you know, huh? I, I said no I shortage of character. Of, yeah, I told that story months ago on the show that you know I used to uh, when I had to set up all my programming, all my. Uh, lifestyle change classes, you know, you know, you always have to have a substitute uh, teacher for your class. You know, if you don't feel good, something happens, you're on a visit. And I always had the people that uh, were in jail for cannabis uh, as substitute teachers because uh, not to say other prisoners were, weren't, uh, couldn't do the job. I just, I just relied on them more. They, 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 they never, they never disappointed me. And, uh, I don't know why. I guess that's the nature of the game because we didn't get involved in hard drugs out there. You know, we just sold the flower, so it shows uh, with kind of integrity we got towards our character. But anyway, I know I'm wrong. We're running late, and next week I'm going to answer. Did I run all the way across town for the personal property, meaning the phone or the show? Okay, Joe? All right, that sounds great. I can't wait to hear what your answer is. All right, tell, tell everyone out there, DD and Liz, I send my love. Oh, absolutely. George, thanks for checking in, and uh, All right. I look forward to talking to you real soon. Hopefully we'll All be right. seeing each other real quick. Real soon, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, George Martorano stops in, uh, runs a mile to get to the show. we got to love that. Well, that's it for today. Um, nobody got the answer, although uh, we did have a few guesses. They were 
all incorrect. So that's two for me and none for everybody else. The lessons go on and the names remain anonymous. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll start getting into some of these juicier stories as time goes on, and we'll see if anybody gets it. Anyways, um, I want to thank everybody for being a part of this show. Our hearts, of course, go out to everybody up in fire country. And, um, you know, say a little prayer for Lisa. She um, hates missing this show, and she has always been a valuable part, and it's much more difficult for me to do the show by myself without her. So hopefully uh, she's going to get some good news from the doctor, and that arm hopefully will uh, heal up real good. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. And come on, let's end Prohibition. If you haven't yet, maybe think of something else you can do. I dare you. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done. You were always on my mind.